Hi, my name is Juju, and welcome to the Go Deep, where we're going to do just that. Go deep inside your brain. Go deep, go deep, go deep inside your brain. This is a self-exploration podcast. I'll be here speaking with professionals who specialize in different methods of discovering your sense of self, whether that's physical, psychological, or spiritual. Together, we'll be going real deep to bring to the surface new perspectives and mind-opening material to enrich your experience of life. A lot of this is going to be lesser known and unconventional because I'm lesser known and unconventional. And probably so are you. So happy to have you on this journey. Get ready to go deep. Go deep, go deep. Today's episode is with George Maple. George is an all around powerful human being. She is a multidisciplinary artist. She sings, writes, directs, produces films. She's a creator to the core. George and I speak about deep connection and cultivating community no matter where you are in the world. We talk about connection to self for stronger connection to others. George shares about her connections to her two names, George Maple, her public persona, and Jess Higgs, her birth name. We also speak about the deeper layers of connection that can be unlocked with one another. This conversation goes real deep pretty immediately. So I think you'll really love this one. When you listen to the episode, think about the meaning behind words. I feel like we all hear a lot of ideas and theories on life and relationships, but it takes time for us to fully fathom what these ideas really mean at a deeper level, especially when it comes to connection. The way you feel towards others and self can go beyond words and can hold more weight depending on the meaning you give words. I hope this episode lands with you and speaks to your heart. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, George. Hello, it's so good to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Yes, makes me feel warm and tingly inside. I I know, I'm so thrilled able to do this. I just feel that warmth. I've been feeling that lately, like when something's in a good vibe, I just get this warmth in my, my heart space. Totally. Actually, you know, recording these podcasts, I, they give me like a burst of energy. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's connection. Totally. Yeah, mm. exactly. Leading mm-hmm. to our theme. Good segue. Uh, exactly. Before we get to our theme, well, actually, we can start with our theme. Our theme today <laughs> is connection and cultivating community and belonging. Mm-hmm. And before we get to that, I'd love to start with a bit of background on you, if you could introduce yourself and share a bit about your world. Sure. So my name is George Maple, and I'm now what I'd like to call like a multidisciplinary artist. So I started off, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to write plays with my cousin and we'd perform them in the park and charge everyone to come and see us. And then that evolved into um, me learning that I could sing and write music quite quite easily from like a really young age I was about nine I think I wrote my first song and 
then I became a, a songwriter and, a, and an artist as well. I originally just wanted to be a songwriter because I, that's where my heart and passion is, is in the process itself. The performing side is probably secondary, although that's like something that's evolving quite rapidly at the moment, which is nice. Um, and then as I journeyed on the sort of artist, the artist way being the, the performer and the, um, like the, the public facing artist, I sort of was uh, was given the opportunity to create quite a lot of sort of cinematic content because I had to deliver things for my record deals and had to deliver artwork. And, and then I realised that I really, 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 really loved the way that I could communicate my artistry in multiple forms and particularly in the visual form, in the cinematic form. And so I became quite obsessed with the... I guess the, the format of film and that's kind of where I'm going and where I'm at at the moment is exploring and learning and, and experimenting this sort of juncture between my performing, my songwriting, um, uh, my expression as a writer and then film and learning more about film as a genre and film or like as a discipline, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of leads me to here, but I'm, I'm just an artist and I kind of just, make whatever needs to, I was, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, just had this realization when I was driving in the tunnel in, in Sydney, I don't know why that's relevant, but I was driving the tunnel and I had this epiphany. I was like, how incredible to be given this body and this, this life with a feeling depth that is so deep. Like it's so like my feeling experience is really, really intense. It's always been really intense. And obviously that's what I thought or think is normal because it's the only experience that I have. But I've also been really lucky to have this like really intense emotional experience as a human. And then also have a gift and an, an outlet to be able to channel the overflow, which is essentially what happens. It's like, you can't contain it. And so you have to put it somewhere and you have to express it. And so I was thinking how lucky I feel to have been given those two things side by side and then to now be con really consciously creating work and creating um, experiences for myself that help me to grow as an artist and then cultivating community, which obviously is the topic of this conversation. And yeah, I think that's kind of my, my story up until now from a, um, an artistic point of view. And obviously there's layers to that as a human and it's all intertwined, but that's me. That's George. That's beautiful. And I was just <laughs> thinking too, as you were saying that, I mean, you have these feelings that then manifest into artwork mm. and not only that for you, but then it benefits everyone who listens <laughs> to your music and sees your yeah. work. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's like spreading mm. that feeling so that everyone else can feel it as well, which yeah. is just the beauty of humanity. It is. And sometimes, like, sometimes, honestly, I sit here and I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why do I have to be the one to experience it for everyone? Because it's like, it's a lot to carry sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's quite heavy. Um, but yeah, no, it is. And when you see, I mean, even in the last couple of years, I've developed some really deep relationships with people and, and connections that have been born from the music that I've created, because they've it's meant something to them. And I hadn't really experienced that before. And it was really, I really value that. And I think it's really beautiful to have, as you said, that it's this, like the art is what binds us and what creates that, that centerpiece for us to explore connection around as well. Totally. And before we get to connection to community, I was actually just thinking of mm. connection to self. 
Yeah, that's and, true also. Yeah. And you before we were speaking a bit and this popped up into my head on your connection with George Maple versus yeah. your connection with Jess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you be open to speaking about that? Of course. Yeah, I think it's it was it's been quite a um an interesting process because I I mean when I first came up with the name, when I look at it in hindsight, which is always the the <laughs> the easiest way to understand something, I was really afraid of being open and vulnerable in my human self, let's just say. And so I created a muse, which is essentially what George is, or an alter ego. And she was a blank canvas. There was no meaning around her name whatsoever. It was it was for me to create this this thing. And then as I journeyed and um, started to sort of embody her more and more and more, what I would find is that it became like a safe space for me to explore these very uncomfortable emotions, for me to explore my shadow side, for me to very much shadow side. It's very shadowy. Like at the, at the beginning, George was very shadowy. Mm. Um, whereas now it's a lot more like it's it's transformed. And that's it's actually interesting because I was just reading about the dark night of the soul and that transformation of, of the hero in the, in the storytelling. It was quite similar to that. It was like I had to go through all these big changes and have this as an outlet to then reintegrate those parts of myself into my being so that I could become a fully, you know, become whole again, basically. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it is really amazing. I'm very grateful for that. I think all of us can apply that in a way because I think that there's things that like we don't, a lot of people have fear of showing up, right? A lot of people mm. have like fear of, giving themselves that visibility or vulnerability yeah. and then being seen, being seen. Mm. and then when you kind of create this alter ego ego or persona that you can channel that all into mm-hmm. and then and then you show up fully you show up mm-hmm. for all your shadowy bits mm-hmm. and then yeah that shadow then you're like oh I can do this and guess what this person that I've created is fully mm-hmm. loved and accepted Mm-hmm. And, and it's then, like a it's a parts work thing actually when I think about it because yeah. it's just and then like not consciously well it was obviously just like a thing that happened but it was it's when I really really think about it it's these aspects that need to literally be on the stage and be given a voice so that they're like okay I'm happy now and I can be reintegrated into the psyche and then people you know you have that harmony that that comes from them feeling like they've been seen and then, you know, taking their place at the table. I don't know if that will make sense to anyone, but anyone who understands part work, parts work. Yes, for context. And as a reminder, we've spoken about parts work on the episodes before. And yeah. parts work is basically, um, it's like a psychological theory slash method that's commonly yeah. used to, to discover the different parts of you. And you can give them yeah. personalities and names um, mm-hmm. so that you're, your different parts can speak to each other. So maybe there's a business part, maybe there's a lover part, all Mm -hmm. these different parts. And then you kind of give them airtime. And as Mm -hmm. you were saying, seats at the table so that they can all speak to each other and they can all hold their presence. Exactly. And you'll, you'll find that sometimes you'll have two parts that are in conflict over a decision and you have to kind of like, they have to sit there and they have to negotiate and be like, okay, well, what can we do that's going to make both of us happy? And then you'll find that you'll, you'll feel like you're more in alignment because you're actually more in your truth. You're not being, you're not in conflict with yourself. Totally. And this all stems from internal family systems 
by oh, yeah. Richard something, I think. Oh, is that where it's from? Yes. Oh, so he fabulous. created the internal family systems, which is commonly used in psychology today. And it's kind of like the epitome of how one can connect with themselves and show off authentically them. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't know that. I just, I picked it up along the way of, I don't know, just Googling, doing things. Wow. <laughs> and also just creating the theater. I call it the theater of experience in my, and for some reason they sit in my stomach area, not in my head, which is weird, but that's where they are. So well, That's probably aligned with your gut feeling, your gut intuition. Yeah. That sacral chakra is apparently where I create from. So that yeah. would be something to do with that maybe. I love that. Yeah. Now connection. So connection to self is one thing mm -hmm. and then connection to others and cultivating community. Can mm -hmm. you share a bit about the importance of connection and community and what has been coming up for you? I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I came back to LA after not being here for two years. And obviously like we've been through this pandemic and there's been immense amounts of disconnection between people generally because of the, the geographical aspect and, and just the pandemic. And one thing I really noticed that made me sad um, and made me, but I guess every time that you see something that makes you sad, you're like, okay, well, what can we do about it? And how can we, what, what is the opposite of that experience? And it was watching people interact in a way that felt as though everyone was in a little bubble and they were kind of like waiting for one another to talk rather than truly seeing and, and sharing that space with the, with the people in that in that room um, and it really felt disconnected. And it was very from an observer, observer point of view. It wasn't necessarily how I felt in those interactions. It was actually observing it. And it, I had seen it in other contexts. I see it, unfortunately, I see it in a, in a lot of places. And so I think like, it just made me really think about and to feel into like, what is the, what is the opposite of that? And what what is a better experience? and and, and what does that look like? And there's this ability to really attune to other people and to see them and to take your own lens off. So to operate from a place of, cause we all have a lens on and we all have our own experiences, which obviously it's, it's, it takes a lot of um, experience to even get to a place where you can remove that lens. But if we can get to a place of removing that lens and, and truly hold space for one another, and create genuine, like genuine connection with each other, then I think the world will be better because I see so much, I feel like so much of what's going on right now is a result of separation and as a result of feeling as though we are separate from others mm -hmm. and feeling as though there is some kind of, you know, you look at the, the polarized views of the world right now and you feel like things are becoming more and more polarized and and it's these experiences where everyone's kind of like feeding their own bubble rather than like creating bubbles in between and kind of building these spaces for connection. And I think once you've experienced real connection and genuine that feeling, you can't really go back from it. But it is something that I didn't realize how sort of rare it is in our general day-to-day -day life. And I'm not sure when that happened or whether it's always been like that and people are just waking up. Um, and so I really thought about like my own life and I thought about, okay, well, who are the people that I want to um, want to connect with? How can I attune to them better? How can I understand them better? Am I listening enough? Am I 
um, share, creating experiences to to share with them. And this also leads back to like my fascination and interest in film. That one of the biggest reasons that I love film is that you have to work in a group of like you can't make a film with less than like 15 people even a small music video you can't do with less than about 15 people and it's that sense of everyone working together when I've come from the music industry which is incredibly egoist and incredibly individualist it's all about one person and there's there's all this all this facade around one person doing everything and they're like that's a part of the marketing scheme and that was a part of the reason why I wanted to consciously move into places where I could be connected firstly feel connected feel like I'm being seen and that I'm seeing other people back and that I can consciously create these communities and hopefully encourage others to like set set the tone and, and encourage others to see each other too, you know, because it's all of the little, those little, um, I call them little like orbs that we create, like, like the, those little moments that we're able to create every single individual moment, it kind of adds up and those experiences help to shift the, the collective consciousness, I think, um, and yeah, I just, I just had a bit of, I had a bit of an epiphany around it and I just, I just think we can, I think we can do more. And I think that we can start to be really conscious about what, what community even means. Like I didn't grow up knowing what community meant. It was all about achievement and it was all about getting, you know, getting to the top and doing this and doing that. It wasn't about community. And Mm. I just, I don't know why it wasn't, but it wasn't a part of my experience. And now I very, very much want it to be a part of my experience because I think it's important. Mm, So what I'm hearing is going beyond the superficial and kind Mm. of the individualistic lens that we all have Mm. and going beyond the ego in order to go deeper into connection because this like deeper space is Mm. where true connection lies. I think so. And and it's a tuning. And I guess that the there is one element that it's really important with that is that we have to do that within ourselves first, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and that's, and that's where maybe there aren't as many people who are open to it, but it definitely is worthwhile when you're, when you are able to cultivate that within yourself and then mm-hmm. therefore hold space for others. Mm. And you touched on it before. What do you think community truly means? That's a really good question. Um, a reminder that we're all one, (laughs) but I think it could be. In terms of like, I like the idea that there's some practicality around community as well, you know, like whether it's living in a conscious community, whether it's a team that is um, making a film, whether it's your community of friends that you've chosen, um, there's some action around it. There's like things that you do together and there's like a purpose. There's like your, whether it's just sharing energy and holding space for one another, whether it's actually creating like something that's tangible or whether it's living life. And and I think there is a, an element of structure around community generally, because you've got like, you know, all humans are all connected in some capacity, but then we create these little bubbles of community that can cultivate certain ideas or certain um certain things that help us to get through life, basically. Mm. So the, uh, if you're listening and you're wondering, what do we mean by we're all one? It's mm-hmm. the idea that we're all made up of the same stuff. We're all a part of the larger universe, which is yeah. essentially itself. Yeah. Um, but we're all having individual experiences within our own yeah. human bodies. 
And that and that that belief in itself is like, you know, that's personal to how I see it, but someone else might have a completely different view of the world. It might be very religious, that might be this, and that's also equally as valid and 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 requires exactly the same space to be held, you know, whereas we we're sort of entering into this place of like polarity at the moment, which I don't think is very good. <laughs> mm. in, like there's polarity within all things, obviously, but I just the more that we can hold space and create and hold space for different perspectives and to and to open ourselves up to that I think the better yes this is a I'm loving this conversation it's very deep um I was thinking so from another point of view actually neuroscientists see we all have individual nervous systems and then in a community we have a collective nervous system wow that's so cool so and and it goes oh that's amazing yeah which is similar to what we're saying here it's just putting it in the terms of a nervous system i love that i love when you find the parallels between the kind of like esoteric and the science community it's like really exciting the more so i have um a life coach who specializes in neuroscience and cool. so I get coaching through there but also I'm very spiritual the yeah. more I learn about neuroscience mm-hmm. the and physics the more I understand like it all aligns with spirituality basically it's it's true and it's also it's like the uh it's even when you look at you look at the way that science is cultivated as well it's that standing on the shoulders of giants with the, I don't know if you ever read that book, the standing on the shoulders of giants. We studied it it at school. Uh, It's just like a, I can't remember if it's fictional or not, but what I remember from it was the idea that, you know, science is built from the, the information that comes before and then a a magical idea, like the, the a concept that kind of lands. And I've always thought, I was like, so interesting because it's kind of the way that we make like music and it's the way that like, it's the way that we do all of these things in creative fields as well. And I always really liked that, the connection between those two worlds. Mm, totally. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think they're so, so connected. I actually think that a lot of, the more I read on like physics and a lot of scientists, the more that they discover, the more that they know that there's so much more unknown. Exactly. That's like anything though, isn't it? When you yeah. just wait, you think you're like, oh yes, the work is done. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I guess too, this kind of go, goes back to what you were saying earlier in terms of our egoic mind and the what we think is connection and this this might get a little confusing but what we think connection is until we unlock it a little bit deeper yeah it is there there is another level so I think that's what it's about and I think once you've experienced that and I think also we we tend to hold like we tend to uh, attribute that kind of connection to like a romantic relationship that sort of intimacy but I was talking to my friend, I have a really, really, really close, beautiful friend who is, I've only known known her for about a year or so, but she put so much effort into cultivating like intimacy in our friendship and making sure that, and you think about intimacy, it's into me, see, like see into me. Mm -hmm. And so she's always curious about how she can be a better friend and how she can like, and it's just so inspiring. It's just, it's just amazing. And I think, I just think we need more of that with everything that's going on at the moment. Totally. And, and bringing intimacy into our relationships that are friendships. Exactly. Being vulnerable and being open to 
being raw with someone and like finding the place of common ground as well. I think that's something that people struggle with with connection is they stay on the surface because obviously there is common ground there, but there are other places. There are, there's a way to like find someone's interest or to find out what they're passionate about. Everyone loves something. And a lot of times like it's weird things <laughs> and that's even, and that's even more fun, you know, like it's, if we met and suddenly we discovered that you were taking lessons from a neuroscientist, like that opens up a whole world of a place that we can connect and be curious about one another's experiences with the mind or with, you know, there's, it's just sharing of that, mm. of that layer that's beneath the, it does feel, I don't know if superficial is the right word, but it's um, very, very 2D, I mm. guess, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's yeah. a place. I was thinking, I think I've been thinking about this for years all the time. Whenever I go to a concert, like whenever mm-hmm. I see music yeah, and I see all the different people's people that show up. So mm-hmm. you must experience this all the time when people mm-hmm. come to your shows mm-hmm. and there's people of all different walks of life mm-hmm. and they all have something in common is that they True. love music that you True. are bringing to the world. Yeah, that's crazy. I, didn't, I never actually really thought about that. I think I'm always, whenever I'm on stage, you know me, like I just get into a bit of a, like people cease to exist for a second because I'm not really, ironically, not really there. I'm sort of in another dimension, like wow. just <laughs> existing, but not like I'm present, but I'm not really as attuned to the whole, I'll be attuned to the energy collectively. Mm-hmm. But I think it's too much for me to actually go into individual individual experiences I don't think I can quite handle it I don't think I've got the capacity <laughs> True. I'm like wow it's too much yeah. <laughs> um the idea on polarity I listened to something the other day on it was this podcast um and he was saying you know polarity we see as opposites but when we look at the north and south pole like that's polarity. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. They're the same thing. They're a part of the same. Wow. Thing. And that comes back to what we're saying about oneness as well. Exactly. That under it's over it's 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 the layer it is the layer beneath that polarity. Yeah. I see it as a pink color. I don't know why. <laughs> I just see it as pink. It's just it's just this big pink like auric field, I don't know. Yeah. My imagination that's what I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we can have polarity within ourselves. Hundred percent. We can have polarity outside of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do, yeah, and everyone's experience of what polarity means to them will be different as well. Mm-hmm. And you. what do you think? So, what do you think is key in cultivating community? Um, I would like to say being open to opening up your inner world and understanding your inner world first. I think that's the primary that's the first step. Um, having tools to do that, um, having tools to understand your inner world, because that's essentially what we're talking about is the connection between people's inner worlds, their subconscious, their, their, like their hidden desires, their, whatever it is, there's a space, there's like an, there's like an, uh, an energetic center or, you know, imprint that we all have. So it's really understanding that. And the more that we understand and attune to ourselves, the more that we can understand and attune to others and also find those places of connection that feel authentic because we know we know what where our authenticity actually lies. Mm-hmm. So we will be operating from that place of authenticity. Mm. I think. I think that's the first step. And then find other people. That's also important. 
just sit in a void. <laughs> <laughs> Finding other people to do find that other with. People. Yeah. Just like generally find other people. Like don't sit alone in your apartment. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, but the finding other people thing, I do want to say, and so I'm sure that you know about mm. this too. When I moved here to Sydney, yeah. So yeah. I'm in I'm in Sydney right now and you're in L.A. Yes. Side note, are you going to spend half your time here and half your time there or most of your time there? I'll go back and forth. I mean, even to the end of the year, I've got to come back once a month anyway because I've got shows and things, bits and pieces. Mm. Um, I'd like to I'd like actually really like to travel quite a lot in the next six months because we just had two and a half years of not being able to. So totally. I'm just going to take every, anyone's like, do you want to come over and do this? I'm like, yes, on a plane. <laughs> yeah. An international community too. So that's so, it. And that's hard. Yeah. yeah that's hard. Cause when I yeah. moved here, I didn't know anyone. Mm, I, yeah. I knew one person who was actually my sister's friend from years ago. Now we've become friends, but I, I didn't even really know her at all. Mm-hmm. And creating community and you've probably had a similar experience with that when you first went to LA did you you know anyone there um oh gosh that's a really interesting point and that's there's a good thing that we should tag on at the end of it but I so I lived in out of a suitcase for about seven years where I literally was not in one place for more than three weeks for seven acts actually seven years like when I tracked back I was like oh my god how did I even do that um, and then I found my, and that was like across, I'd be traveling, like I, my, my routing was usually Sydney, LA, Miami, New York, London, Paris, sort of that, that would be like the, the circuit basically for various reasons for songwriting, performing. I was dating another artist at the time. So we like did a lot of traveling and um, anyway, then I settled in LA and, and so anyway, you sort of cultivate your strange community in that way, because you're in shows, you're sort of, you're, you're all working together. You're in the studio a lot. Um, and then I settled in LA um, because I was like, it's time, it's time to actually maybe have a life for once and maybe have like regular friends that are, you can see every day and not just like once every three months. Um, and so that's what I did for two years here before the pandemic hit. And that was a big reason why it was, I was so devastated coming back to Australia when the pandemic hit because Mm -hmm. like I was really, really happy here and I cultivated a sense of community at the time and I felt really like at home and it was really good. And so then I was sort of back into, back at square one in Australia. And at first I was like, I'm going home, I'm going home. So it doesn't matter. I don't need to, I'm not going to invest in any, any relationships. And then eventually it like kept going longer and longer and longer and longer. And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe we have to start thinking about like interaction with other humans. That's probably a good idea. And so I guess I find that my community is born from my work because that's what I, that's what drives me. Like my, my project projects, that's where I find my heart and soul. I mean, that's how we met, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's through that space because also, I think I'm showing up in my most raw and authentic self. So it's like if you create a connection in that space, then it is a real connection because you, I'm at my open, most vulnerable. And if if I feel that connection with someone in that space, then I'm like, this is this is this is real. Whereas if I'm like at a bar with a bunch of people, probably won't be the same experience. You know, like I don't. I think that's that having the the creative element is really important. Um, but then over the last two years, like, 
I'm so unbelievably grateful for the amount of people that have brought me into their communities. I think that's also why it means so much to me because it's like I had a lot of people literally just open up their arms and be like, come and hang out with us. And we want, we want, to, we want you here and, and we value your presence. And that was a really healing experience for me and something that maybe I hadn't experienced before because I've never been in that vulnerable position. I've always been on the go. I've always been chasing a dream. I've always been on a project. I've always been at the top of the food chain a lot of the time as well. So I'd be running things and paying for things and directing. And like, I think, being able to sink back into that, oh, I actually think I really need people. <laughs> like I need to figure out what, like what does what does a community look like? So that was sort of my experience there. And then I'm sort of having a similar thing back in LA now. And now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, now I have these really beautiful deep relationships that are literally scattered all over the globe. Mm-hmm. And so I have to now think about creating a schedule that actually um, I think um, supports that that's what I've that's what I've come to now I'm like I'm just going to travel around I'm going to spend time with my best friend in Melbourne come to Sydney see my friends do work there go to LA cultivate those relationships but actually consciously do that and like keep keep the wheel going because it's it's just the way that it is that's just where where the close relationships have scattered they've just landed in all different places so it's just the way of the world these days I think yeah when I'm I'm really hearing I'm loving this because I'm hearing show up with love, doing what you love authentically. Very important. And you will find there's a lot of people who love the same things that you do and think the same way that you do and appreciate you for being your beautiful, unique self. Yeah. And go to places that feel good. That's a big thing. Like you'll naturally create community when everyone feels good because they like being there. It's like quite simple. And I don't know. I think that once you learn who you are and you learn like what you need and what you have to give, then it becomes easier to be like, oh, this is, this is really, this makes sense. I like this. Or no, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is someone else's community and maybe not mine. You know? Yeah. I think this is a big lesson on conditioning and being aligned with yourself as well, because Mm. in a lot of ways, conditioning can tell us what, like people around us that we grow up with can tell us what they think reality is and what our life should be. And then also our conditioning can manifest and show up on what we think reality is based off of what everyone's told us. But then we may feel a little bit different inside. We may feel like, Mm -hmm. actually, I want to do this, which Mm -hmm. everyone says is not possible. And then Mm -hmm. when you actually follow it and do it, you'll find a community of people who are doing it as well. A hundred percent. And you learn, and, and, and I really think like, it sounds really basic and simple, but it's like if you are do, if you are following what you absolutely love and what makes you feel good, you do you just find the people who also make you feel good and also love the same things as you do. Mm. Um, and I think the problem is is that there are there are a lot of there are a lot of us who maybe don't feel like we can follow or we don't even know. You know, like that's it's it's hard to get to that place of really knowing like what do I really love like even deconstructing the social construct is like a pretty big it's a pretty big ask and sometimes also life is not really like I think in the 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 life of an artist is conducive to very dramatic and and intense experiences and therefore you're kind of like thrust into these big 
moments where you do have to look at yourself and you have to go through the like the dark night of the soul or you have to question what's around you but if you're maybe living in a life that it has been predetermined like I don't know where that cue would come from I don't know mm. I'm not I can't I, it's not my experience I don't know but I think that the the wildness and the chaos of the, the journey that I've had has led me to these places where I've had to question and deacon and literally just rip everything to shreds and then come to ground zero and go, all right, well, what is this? Like, what is, what is the essence? What, and also then it's about preferences and what do you actually want based on what feels good to you as well. Was your creativity encouraged growing up? It was not discouraged. Um, it was encouraged. My parents were always really supportive. Um, I think there was probably a, I don't think they quite understood it um, to the level that, and this is what the thing that that the evolution, particularly in the last year or so, is me coming to a place of understanding this next level, this depth um, and being okay with it. Because I think that I'd, I think I was a bit afraid of my own depth of experience because I think it's a lot, it's like a lot to carry, particularly for like a child. And so I probably suppressed aspects and I would, you know, I focused on, as I said, achievement and creating from that space, not creating from a place of like divinity, which I think is where I've landed now, which is like full on raw author. I mean, some people believe in authenticity. Some people don't. Some people think that you create yourself. Some people like for me, it's about authenticity and it's like, nah, I'm in alignment. I'm in, I'm in the, the like the little UFO, like, <laughs> like taking you up there. But no, I was, I was very, I was, I was nurtured, um, but I wasn't in environments that were creative. My family's not creative. Um, my cousin was creative though. I think she's probably the, the piece of the puzzle um, because she was an inc- incredible writer. And then she, died when I was 20, 20, just before I started my journey. And so that was all a big part of everything as well. I think like losing the person that I felt most understood by, I think oh. that, yeah, that was, and I didn't, that. it's okay. I didn't realize that at the time I didn't deal with the grief. And so therefore I went through 10 years of like chaos <laughs> until I was ready to actually deal with the grief of, of what had happened, I think. But yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was that. So yeah, nurturing, but wow. not necessarily creative. That's, it seems like your cousin was kind of a great expander as Lacey Phillips would say, but like inspiration of, you know, if you have that, I can do that too. Oh, hundred percent. I think also when you're like, she was like a sibling, so she was living with yeah. me. So it was more like a sister. And I think my mom's always said that siblings do this funny thing where when one sibling does one thing, the other one has to differentiate themselves and do something different because it's like, they can't be like their sibling. So I think if I look back on it, you know, she could, she could write and she could act and she could play. Um, she'd, she'd write all the plays that we do. Oh. And then I realized that I could sing. So I was like, that's my thing. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know? oh, that. so that's beautiful. It was, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And it worked quite well for us. So we did, we did both. And then I, cause I obviously like looked up to her beyond anything. She was like two years older than me. So mm. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned something earlier on creating with drive for achievement versus creating mm. through divinity. Can you explain yeah. that? Oh, it's such a, it's such an interesting one because it's like, I don't know if we would create 
if we didn't have a drive? I don't know. I've thought about that a lot. Like even when COVID hit and suddenly we didn't have an industry and we didn't have any like any place to put things, no audiences, no nothing. And I even felt within myself, I felt like, what's the point? Like that. And I was like, that's a really interesting reaction. I thought you cared about the purity of things. And I was like, well, maybe I, maybe I don't care as much as I thought I did about the purity of things. Maybe I do need an audience and I do need like, you know, some validation around my abilities to a certain extent. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I found that quite interesting. Um, and, and sometimes I think about whether, yeah, the, the striving, it's a difficult one. Because I think it will always be in there. I like the driving for achievement, but I think it's more around when you um, come from a place that achievement has has um, has given you love, like has, that's been how you've received, which is a lot of our society. That is that is how it is. Um, I think it's about it coming from a place of lack because you're like, I have to do this because I have to achieve in order to feel loved rather than it coming from a place of abundance, which is where you have so much inside your being that needs to be said that it overflows into this space and you're like a channel to something else. Um, and, that, and that's from a very purely from the creative process side of things. So whether it got released into the public or not, that's the essence, like that's what it's all about. But then I guess like, if you choose to be an artist, there is a sense of like, like you want to achieve stuff. I like ach achievement's fun. Like it's good, but it's, I think it's about being conscious with where it lies and where it's coming from, and what's motivating the creative process to begin with. And mm -hmm. there's definitely been a shift. I've definitely felt a shift um, and I'm able to really like understand both sides of the coin, I think now, which is new. This is a super interesting one. It feels like when we do a lot of things unconsciously um, yeah. growing up or consciously too on achieving safety. And usually mm. in order for our bodies, you know, to be safe, we have to be a part of community. We have yep. to be accepted. We accepted. have to be loved. Yep. Yep. And that is the level of safety. So actually a lot of our safety mechanisms can we can be built with striving to achieve yes well if that's a if it's a construct if it's something if it feeds into a checklist of like this will this will make me feel this will get me accept acceptance then of course totally and then so there's that that's groundwork in terms of like what makes me accepted and love within the larger community that keeps me safe but then when you go beyond that when you already feel like okay i'm safe then mm. you're creating from a different level of it's mm. not in order to achieve safety. It's you're mm -hmm. already safe within yourself. So mm. now creating is just creating. It's so true. And I think that also applies for anything like it can apply for financial abundance as well. I think like I was thinking about that today, like I'm having some conversations around just, just money stuff and figuring, figuring things out on that on that level and selling things and just, just figure out what I want. And one thing that I realized is that it's a really beautiful thing to, to be creating from a place of, of financial safety um, to, it's just, it is actually conducive to, I know that they say like the poor struggling artist and what have you, but I actually don't agree. I think that 
um, artists feeling safe. And that's also what the, you know, the artist foundation that we sort of briefly talked about, that will be a, a primary focus of that foundation will be to provide, like, it doesn't have to be much, but just like development stability so that you can create from this place of abundance and support and, um, and sort of whatever that, whatever that means, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's that safety, emotional safety, because you've got like the, the visceral needs, the, the mm -hmm. shelter, the connection and money, I guess yeah. that probably is one as well that, that helps to make us even more abundant, creative beings. Yeah. Can you talk more about mm -hmm. the artist foundation? Oh yeah. So it's, oh, I don't know if I meant to talk about it yet, but oh. it's been something, no, 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 it's fine. I've been, I've been working on it sort of just sketching away. I sketch away at things for a while and then they eventually come to life. Um, I've had this in my head. I've wanted to do this for eight years or so, just to have something that is um, around, originally it was around the protection of artists, mm. but I've sort of moved into a new space where I like to cultivate a space that doesn't require protection. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're being naive to the you know, the evils of the world or what have you, but it's coming from a place of power and it's coming from a place of empowerment and, um, and sovereignty. And so this foundation will be, I mean, my tagline was like for the protection, preservation and prosperity of the arts. Mm -hmm. And it will provide funding, particularly at the ground level, because I think that's where it's lacking, um, development funding for artists in multiple, like all disciplines, like across the board. Uh, and eventually I'd like, I'd like there to be housing quarters all over the world where, where artists can stay and create. And, um, I'd like it to be completely separate from any like government entities. So it's just privately funded and it's a non-profit and, um, I'd like it to support interesting projects, uh, and not be confined to any disciplines, not have to work in the traditional grant scheme, uh, basically fill all the gaps that we have experienced difficulties with in Australia. And I'd start with Australia because obviously it's like home territory, but mm. love it to be something that could be a global initiative. That's literally, I call it like a parental fund for artists, you know, <laughs> it's like the parents of the, because it's, that's their statistic, big statistics that are shown about um, the lack of opportunity that, that, that people in creative fields are given if they don't have that sort of support, whether it's a scholarship, whether it's it's wealthy parents, whether it's um, uh, the thing in my industry that um, that I really feel quite strongly about is not making artists sign terrible deals just so they can get like 30, 40 grand so they can spend a year creating, just mm -hmm. find the 30, 40 grand so that they can get themselves set up so that they're in a more powerful position, get the protect, like get the, the legal sorted, have all the resources there. It doesn't have to be too overly complicated. Um, have a place where you can publish. We'd like to have a place where we can like publish works as well. So you have like a, a magazine, like a, you know, like a rush magazine, but mm -hmm. it's for the, for the artist foundation. It's all non-for-profit. It's all like, but it's run like a commercial entity. I think having those, that infrastructure is really important. Same with having the houses and saying like keeping it in the commercial space. Cause that's all where we work. Like that's where we, that's where we make our money. And that's, and I think that's important, but it's just bridging the gap between between the beginning and getting there and sort of setting, setting them up. That's the place that I feel needs the most work and the most attention. And then people get into the industries and then the industries are healthier. And then there's things obviously that need to be done around like unionizing, you know, artist rights and rates and things like that. But that's a, a much bigger conversation, but just starting with, starting with the little development funds and starting with creating, um, creating pro like funding projects basically that can showcase 
artists in different mediums um, across the board. And then eventually I'd love to have a sort of patronage program that is, because I would really love if, if Sydney could be like the place where, you know, you have people that fly in from all over the world and they create in Sydney. That's always something that we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a patronage program where they can be in resident for two years and they have to like, you know, build something for the city or like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure how it would how it would work out because that's a little bit further down the line. But I think as I um, walk into this new phase of, of filmmaking, um, if I'm lucky enough to get into a position where I um, have a decent amount of profit, I will put it straight. I've decided I'm going to put it straight into that uh, so that, because uh, I was like, I don't even know what to do with profit. I'm not used to profit. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, what do I do with it? Like, it's like, once you've got like a house, it's, it's like, there's not much more that you need. So I was like, oh, let's put it into the, <laughs> let's put it into the, um, let's put it into the, into this foundation. And then yeah. that can be a thing that stays here forever, you know? Wow. I had chills the whole time while you were talking about that. Yeah. Well, it's real. It will happen. It's just going to, I'm just allowing it to take, I've always have big dreams and big aspirations and think things can be done. I used to think things can be done really quickly and like get really excited. And I think that that's definitely, there's definitely like a sense of optimism around that. Um, But I really do like the idea that I just kind of chip away at it over the next 10 years. And then 10 years down, suddenly we have, you know, maybe two houses in different countries and there's a couple of million dollars that's being, you know, given to, given to the artists around. We're like, just slowly, but authentically and integrally and um, away from any government entities for now, I'd, I'd say just keep it really private and, you know, like Rockefeller mm-hmm. Foundation vibes. Love it. And yeah. it seems that just reminded me of manifesting things and how when you move towards things and you put mm. your energy towards things, things begin to manifest. And maybe it's not in the timeline that you think, or, mm-hmm. or you know, when you, when you just move towards things that feel right without forcing them into place, things yeah. come to the surface. And it's this, it's like, you just keep coming back to that heart space. You know, it's that when you feel it in that, it's like we're talking about at the beginning of this warmth, when you feel that warmth around a decision or around a, an area, like every time I think about the artist foundation, I'm like, it, there's not one part of me that does not want to do that. Like not one part of me, everything is on board. It's like hundred percent. And knowing that the means will come when it's the right time, keep it going, keep it in the back of my, in your mind, you know, you're, you're developing support as it goes um, and it will take time. And I think it's, it's like really checking in once again, comes back to the idea that you have to know your inner world to truly know that those cues are actually in alignment and they're not a conditioning and they're not this. It's like, nope, I'm in my authentic truth. And therefore this decision makes sense because of that. And to start, you just have to bring present moment awareness to what mm-hmm. you're doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. I have a deep question. Please. <laughs> just, just in case we went deep enough. <laughs> what do you think the meaning of life is? I think the meaning of life, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. Um, I think of, often think of myself as an orb. <laughs> Wait, I love this already. <laughs> but I do. It's like, I think about like my energetic center as being this like orb that glows and sort of like buzzes around. And I think about that being the essence that has been given a body that is, has it, it's got a time limit. You've got, you know, however long till it deteriorates. And the, the, the role of, of that, sorry, your job is to have an experience in that particular lifetime 
and to expand, I believe it's to expand you know, consciousness or to expand the, 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 um, the collective experience because every time an individual you know expands their experience doesn't the collective kind of you know that's kind of how it works energetically mm-hmm. um and to i'd like to say that in this lifetime hopefully it's to heal those parts of yourself get in touch with that true essence live from there and then enjoy it like actually enjoy it i think that's something we tend to miss a lot that's a place I'm coming to now I'm like I'm so excited to like enjoy life you know from this kind of more healed place and and contribute to the I think contribution like just Mm -hmm. contributing to the community or contributing to your field or contributing like whatever that is like that's I think I think that's what it's about but it's an adventure really yeah there's a lot in that I think and if we talk about individual versus collective Mm. one who's listening for an easy example is the ripple effect. Like if you're super nice to someone and then mm. you make them feel good and then they go make someone else feel good. And then that exactly. person feels good and make someone else feel good. It's kind of like that just ripple effect that could happen at a high scale. Basically. Exactly. It's, it's, and I think that I was talking to a friend about this the other night, like we have to, I really believe we have to be, so aware of every decision that we make and every potential narrative that we perpetuate as well. Every time that we don't do something, like if something feels off in our society or in in like our workplace or in in something, if something doesn't feel right, like if someone is bullying another person, for example, and we say, well, that's just the way that it is. Like the way that things have been are a result of human decisions. (laughs) And so therefore we have we have a, 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 like, I think a responsibility to make decisions and every little decision that we make, it adds up. And I think like understanding that it adds up helps with our own accountability and then our own contribution to, as you said, the collective, the ripple effect of everything. And another thing that you mentioned was on the fun of life, and the yeah. feeling and enjoying everything. I think too, you know, when we get into like these spiritual realms and mm. I think a lot of people can, if you're, if you feel like you're spiritual, mm. you probably can relate that then you kind of feel a separateness versus your human side and your spirit side. Right? Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's probably a part of the process, I guess. Yeah. And that yeah. actually it's all one in the same. So for you uh-huh. to enjoy your humanness yeah. is your spirit. A hundred percent. Actually, that's another, that's another thing. Like set your spirit free. We don't talk about spirit enough. Like spirit is so important. Like that, that energy, that vibrancy, that spirit, that's what we want to unlock in everyone because everyone has it in their own unique and very special, you know, special way. Um, and living from that place of spirit, like that's magical, I think set your spirit free. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the perfect way to end on a high note. That's beautiful. It does. It feels like we've just gone like spirited away and like we're flying. <laughs> set your spirit free. Now we're going to fly away. <laughs> I see it. I see it for us. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. You are the freaking best. I love you. This is so beautiful. I feel a warm and fuzzy still. Same. Well, thank so you nice. so much for being on the show. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to Go Deep. 
You can find George on Instagram at George Maple Official and listen to her music on Spotify. Details in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, lover, family member, anyone who you think would benefit from it. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also follow me on at GoDeep underscore podcast. Thank you. Thank you.